Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Nicole Baker. Welcome to the King's Court Podcast. Have you ever played the game Word Association? Let's pretend we're all sitting in my family room. I say a word, and whatever pops in your head, you write it down. It's a great way to start a discussion among a group of people, don't you think? So, if I say the word church, what is the first thing you think of? A building? I think that's what comes to mind for most of us. However, what does the Bible say? Let's start with the word itself. Church comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means the called out ones. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus declares that he will build his church. He was not referring to a synagogue, a building, or a temple. In the New Testament, the term church always refers to a group of people who were Christ followers. The church Jesus desired to see built was not made of wood, bricks, or stone, but people joined together, preaching, teaching, and caring for one another breaking bread together, praying, singing, and changing their communities with the good news of the gospel. It was never meant to be a Sunday-only event. We are his living stones, built together for his glory. Jesus being the cornerstone. I love that picture of living stones. Breathing. Not dead monuments or relics of the past. I love how the Apostle Peter expresses this truth. Listen to his words. Come to Jesus. Let yourselves be assembled into his spiritual house. In Zion is laid a precious stone, a cornerstone, a chosen stone, upon which we should build our lives. Be set apart. Depend on Jesus. If you live his words, you will never be disgraced. You are chosen. You have a royal heritage. You belong to God. You have been called out of darkness to proclaim the wondrous acts of the one who called you into shimmering light. Remember always to whom you belong. It is not to a worldly system, but you belong 
to a heavenly kingdom. Let that sink in. The next time the devil tries to tempt you, or you are worried and want to give up, when he tries to dangle worldly enticements in front of you, to taunt you, rebuke him in the name of Jesus. So, church, it's us, the called out ones, the separated ones. So what exactly are we separated from? We are separated from the world, from sin, and from the darkness, and from our own fleshly desires. Our lives should reflect something different than the world is reflecting. In the New Testament, as we read Paul's letters, we are mindful that he traveled to different cities, different communities, Philippi, Corinth, and Ephesus to plant churches. He preached to them what he learned about Jesus. These were community churches, gatherers of believers. He corrected, taught, and encouraged them. He desired them to remain true to the gospel message and not get sidetracked. I don't listen to a lot of contemporary Christian music, but recently I watched a few clips of the Dove Awards, which were held in the U.S. in October of last year. There was one particular performance that really struck me. It was Natalie Grant. She was singing her song entitled, My Weapon. As she closed, she prayed, Lord, forgive us for making our music, our lives, and our gatherings anything than about your son, Jesus. It brought me to tears. I saw it as a public act of repentance. A powerful public reminder that Jesus Christ is our focus and should be central to our lives. The church has no other foundation and no other founder. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm reading from the New King James Version. For no other foundation is laid than that which is Jesus Christ. When Paul preached in Corinth, it was a city of great influence. It was the hub of commerce. However, its culture was degraded and its religion full of idols. In chapter 5, Paul deals directly with sexual immorality. He's talking to the church. He doesn't beat around the bush. He tells them sexual immorality in the church will be judged. So why do we, in 2022, 
think we are not under the same observation. The Bible is true yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Just remember now that Paul is not talking about sin in the world. He's talking to the church. Listen to his sobering instructions. Do not even eat with a fellow believer who is immoral, a drunkard, or an idolater. Put away from yourselves this evil person. We are living in a time where if the standards of holiness are not upheld in our lives and gatherings, we will all suffer because we are all part of the same body. Being an intercessor is not easy. There are times where waves of sadness will hit me like a punch in the stomach. Other times, it is just a heaviness that lingers. I believe Holy Spirit is grieving. So I pray, ask for mercy for my fellow believers, for strength, for guidance, and for peace. I won't lie, the last four years have been the toughest of my life. I continue to thank God for His grace, which strengthens me. I pray that we would, most of all, be a holy people, not in a religious way, but in a way that brings us daily peace, victory, and guidance. To be tethered to His standards, anchored securely to Him, even amidst the storms that rage around us. I pray we remain faithful and do not compromise. If you look around, you'll see there are many different organizations that call themselves churches. But if you examine what they preach, many are not founded on the Bible. They have the name Jesus inscribed on the stone wall, maybe even on the front plaque, but they are not his church. The Lord did not build them. And solid biblical truth is not taught there. So we know that the word church is never a denomination or a building. We, as blood-bought disciples of Jesus Christ, are his church. When Jesus built his church, it was visible. And as the gospel spread, other churches were set up. There were no denominational churches back then. And when you read the New Testament, you'll see these individual churches identify themselves not by a denomination, 
but by the city they were located in. They were not perfect, but they were Christ's church. I get a little nervous if a church has no cross in it, or if I never hear them preach on sin or holiness. Listen, that's just me. So, as I pondered this, I asked Holy Spirit, how did we go so wrong? I'm not really sure, but listen to Ron Graham from Australia in his article, What Went Wrong? The answer, he says, is love. Love went wrong. The love promoted among many who are following Christ is a false love. They may love their pastor. They may love their denomination. They may love the worship team. They may love their position in the fellowship. They may love their parking spot. But that is not what our love should be focused on. Primarily our love, or the one we love, is Jesus Christ. He is not a what. He is a person. And his life is summed up in the teachings of the Bible. Let us return again to our first love. As we remain in constant communication with the Lord, we will become more like Him. There are wonderful privileges for us as Christ followers. But with this, there is also much responsibility. To live in a way that brings glory to Him. We cannot do this without the help of Holy Spirit. As the world continues to shake, if our lives are built solidly on Jesus Christ, we will not be shaken. Keeping God continually in the forefront of our minds, our actions, and our desires will help us. We have His presence. We have His promises. Our Father will lead us to victory, stand strong, look up, and embrace His truth. And remember the words of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who loved us and died for us and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you come again. This is Nicole Baker from the King's Court Podcast.